Bibles, turn with me again to the book of James. We return this morning to our study of the book of James. If you're visiting with us, we are um, week by week, chapter by chapter. I think this is the, the ninth week that we are in this letter uh, of James. And um, I'd invite you to follow along in your copy of God's Word or in the insert that's found in your bulletin like the Bereans in the book of Acts. Uh, not only receive the word, but examine the scriptures as you hear me speak to ensure that these things are true. I don't want to spew Nate Hitchcock's thoughts this morning. I only want to speak what the Lord has for his people. James is a book for you. James is a letter for the church, not just the church of the first century, but a church, a letter for the church of all centuries, a life, a letter for the lives of those seeking to follow Jesus. And so over the past couple months, we have sought to show, James has shown for us what faith looks like in the real world through trials, through temptations even when we just open our mouths, which is every day. Today, he continues that rubber meets the road, practical life, as we look again at the subject of wisdom. Wisdom. Now, we've looked at wisdom already in the book of James. It occurred earlier uh, when we talked about our need for it on the path to joy, as we talked about God is the source of all wisdom, and He is one who gives generously to those who lack and ask. But today, we dive a bit deeper into wisdom than we did in chapter 1. We look at two kinds of wisdom, one that is to be pursued and a kind of wisdom that is to be on guard against. And so listen and follow along as I read James chapter 3, starting at verse 13. We're halfway through James chapter 3. If you would, out of honor of God's Word, stand with me as I read these few verses. James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. James writes to the church and says this, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere." And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. Three truths this morning for us to meditate on as we look at these next few verses in the book of James. 
Kids, if you're following along, three points for you this morning. And the first one is this. We're going to jump right in. Wisdom works. Wisdom works. And when I say that wisdom works, I'm not meaning that just in a pragmatic sense, like wisdom works. It works, guys. You should try it. That may be true. It is true. But I'm meaning it more in the active sense. By saying that wisdom works, what I'm doing is really just doubling down on the definition of wisdom that I gave weeks ago. And that is wisdom is skilled living. It is living. And that's what James says in this rhetorical question in verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Step forward. Let's see it. Show me. I don't care how much you believe it yourself. I don't care how many degrees you have. I don't care how many titles adorn your name, how many books you've published, how many social media followers you have. James says, if you have wisdom, let's see it. And of course, this falls in line with what James has been saying all along in this letter, and that is that faith without works is dead, that faith shows itself in the quality of a person's life. And of course, in regards to wisdom, we could say, of course, this, this is just common sense. You can't say that you're wise and act like an idiot. Words matter, but they can't just create what doesn't exist, and yet apparently, this kind of thing was happening to some degree in James's day. And I would argue that it happens in our day as well. We have so-called philosophers in our day and age, lovers of wisdom, right? That's where the, the, the term philosopher comes from the, the word Sophia and Philo. These lovers of wisdom who don't come close to possessing wisdom. They don't know what true wisdom is like, and yet so many treat them as if they are rich in wisdom. And so James wants to admonish the church. I would argue the Holy Spirit wants to admonish us this morning about what wisdom looks like, what wisdom works. And so James, what James does here is he asks this question in verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you? He answers it very briefly, and then he fleshes out what he means. And so I want to skip the short answer that he says, and I want to get to the meat. We'll come back to that short answer in a minute. But all that he's about to say, note this, it's all richly relational, right? Wisdom, it works itself out, not just in our heads. It works itself out in our relationships, in our community, in our life with one another. And I'm not sure I need to say this, but I want this kind of wisdom. I think we all want wisdom. We all want to be wise, to be skilled in living, to possess the kind of knowledge that corresponds to reality that is richly reflected in our relationships. I mean, that's, that's to be desired. We need wisdom that works in both senses of the word. 
So the first point is wisdom works, but having established that, let's unpack what James says, what we need to be wary of, what we need to strive for. First of all, what we need to be wary of, and that's the second truth. False wisdom is all about you. False wisdom, James says, is wisdom that's all about you. Now, I don't know how that hits you, but man, that hits me a little bit hard because I like when things are about me. This is where my heart naturally goes. This is where, where my culture and the air that I breathe sends me. Nate, you can have it your way. It is about you. Those of you who were here last week, remember, remember last week the glory of God, for from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. He is the source, He is the power, He is the reason for it all. In other words, it's not about me, it's about Him. But oh, how I want it to be about me. And I suspect you're the same. Something as mundane as traffic. Yeah, traffic, y'all. I keep bringing up traffic because traffic is my nemesis. In traffic, I want it to be all about me. I believe that I am the wisest person on the road always. And traffic needs to part for my greatness. How dare you slow me down when I have somewhere to be? Don't you know how to drive? It's all about me. And, and, and that me, it's not that the traffic makes me angry. It's what's inside that is making me angry. The traffic is just drawing out me and my anger and my frustration. And James says that false wisdom is motivated by the same thing. It's motivated by me, by bitter jealousy. Two words, two phrases, bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. Moving on from the question James writes, as we move to verse 14, James begins to separate false wisdom from true wisdom, and he tells us three things about each. These could be three subpoints, so to speak, under the next two things. He tells us the motivation of each, the source of each, and the results of each. So what is behind false wisdom? We've always already said generally, it's me. But using the words that James uses, which are not flippant, James uses the word, the phrase, bitter jealousy. The Greek word for jealousy here is zealous, where we get our word zeal. And indeed, it's sometimes translated that way in our English, in, in our English versions. But James puts this other word in front of it from the Greek root to cut or to prick. And it's translated here as bitter. So this is, this is bitter jealousy. This is zeal that cuts, that pricks. This is not healthy je jealousy because we know we serve a jealous God. God is not sinning in his jealousy, in his desire for his own glory. There is no one greater than him. But this is not that kind of jealousy. 
And this is not the kind of healthy zeal that we're called to in holiness. This is a way of living that is bitter, that promotes self. And this, this so-called wisdom is quick to point out everyone else's deficiencies in hopes that their own deficiencies aren't apparent. They claim to have the answer for everything, and they're harsh with their answers. Coupled to that is selfish ambition, not just self-confidence, but self-centeredness flowing from pride. It's my way or the highway. And these two things, they provide the fuel to make the claim that one is wise, but it's no wisdom at all. It's a lie to be rejected, James says. It's false wisdom, false wisdom that is all about you. But it's worth considering, as we sit here in 2018 in a culture such as ours, it's worth considering, brothers and sisters, whether this is the kind of person that we as a culture can sometimes admire, right? Competent, confident, driven, and demanding, walking all over people, but at least they're getting things done. Brothers and sisters, egocentric ambition and boldness, brashness and one-upsmanship is not wisdom. It's actually from hell. That's what James says. James gives this downward progress of the source. Right? We've talked about the motivation. Here's the source of this false wisdom. The world, the flesh, the devil. It's wisdom that's earthly. It's, its perspective is limited to the here and now. It's born here, it's bound here, and it doesn't consider eternity in the slightest. It's unspiritual. It's natural to the flesh, and it's therefore depraved. And then finally, it's demonic. It's based on lies. After all, that's what the enemy is all about. He's about lies. It's spoken for the agenda only of the one who speaks. And it's ultimately evil. This kind of wisdom, this false wisdom that's all about you People who try to live this way, people who try to lead this way, James says, they create havoc, disorder of every kind. And see, it could be here that James is in context that this entire discussion about wisdom, this entire discussion in chapter 3 about the use of the tongue and the power of our words all stems back to verse 1. Right? The teachers, beware those of you who teach, because teachers wield words that are powerful. And if they do so with hearts that are bound up in themselves, isolated from love for others, they leave a wake of hurt souls behind them and they create division, they create strife, they create disorder of every kind. And so James calls the church of the first century and of our century to beware. 
to watch out for this kind of wisdom, to have the discernment to see this kind of wisdom for what it is and to reject it soundly, maybe even in your own life, maybe even in the life of the church. But as we've said before, the best way for us to reject something that's false is often to know beyond a shadow of a doubt what is true, what is real. And that's where James goes next. James continues by extolling a wisdom that is worthy of the name of Christ, worthy of His church, worthy of His people. And that's the third and last thing for us to consider. True wisdom is like Jesus. True wisdom is like Jesus. It looks like Jesus. It has the aroma of Jesus all over it. And, if, and it is very hard. It is Jesus himself. And if you're here this morning, you say, well, I don't know exactly what Jesus is like. Well, you're about to see him. James, his brother, who's writing this book, doesn't say Jesus' name, but he describes Jesus. He describes the one who in Colossians 2 says, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Therefore, the source of true wisdom is from above. It's not earthly. It's eternal. It has an entirely different horizon in view. It's not according to the flesh. It's supernatural. It's spiritual. And it's not based on lies. It's based on the Word incarnate. And that's where we go back to James's short answer. Who is wise and understanding among you? He asks in verse 13, let him, let his good, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Meekness. True wisdom is meekness. Now, that word translated as meekness is a difficult one. There's not one easy English word that we can bring into our translations to capture all that it is. And that's why your Bibles or your inserts, the ESV uses meekness, the NIV uses the word humility, the NASB, another common Bible among us, used is the word gentleness. Meekness, gentleness, humility. That gets added a little bit. That begins to paint the picture of Jesus, our Savior. Meekness is not timidity. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is the quality of it not being about you, of recognizing your place in the universe, of committing your cause every day, every moment of every day to the Lord. Another way to say it is true wisdom recognizes who I am, <laughs> that I am a creature, that I serve a creator, and that I am subject at all times 
to that sovereign God. This is wisdom. Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 2, 6 through 11, for the Lord gives wisdom from His mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding paths of justice. We could go on and on. And ultimately, this is Jesus, Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29. Learn from me because I am gentle and I am humble in heart. And this is what Jesus called his people to be about in Matthew 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. He gave us the example, 1 Peter 2 says, For to this you have been called because Christ has suffered, leaving you an example that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. Why? Because it wasn't all about him. It was about the Father's glory. It was about the will of the Father. So he continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. True wisdom is the opposite of it being about you. And through common grace, even unbelievers get this at times. I came across a quote this week from uh, the former CEO of, of Honeywell, and he wrote this in his book about good leadership. He said, the more you can contain your ego, the more realistic you are about your problems, you learn how to listen and how to admit that you don't have all the answers. You exhibit the kind of attitude that you can learn from anyone at any time. James says this is what wisdom from above looks like. And then he gives this list, these sides of a diamond. And I want to run through them real quickly. We can spend a lot of time on each one, but as I'm running through them, describing them, I want you to listen for three things. Listen of how they describe your Savior, how they describe Jesus. Listen as they echo the Beatitudes. Matthew 5, passage many of you know well. And then listen as one who would desire, like me, to put these things on in ever-increasing measure in our pursuit of wisdom. True wisdom is this, it's pure. Blessed are the pure in heart, Jesus said. Its core motive is not the glory of self, but the glory of God and the good of others. True wisdom is peaceful. Blessed are the peacemakers, Jesus said. Contrary to bitter competitiveness, this kind of wisdom works for consensus. It listens. It's slow to speak. It brings people together. True wisdom is gentle. Now, this is a different word than the word used in verse 13 that's translated as meekness. This one describes someone who's not combative or abrasive in any way. Isn't that Jesus? I found a great quote from Jonathan Edwards, a sermon he preached at David 
Brainerd's funeral, David Brainerd was an 18th century American missionary to Native Americans, and Jonathan Edwards, a famous well-known preacher, spoke at his funeral, and he was speaking on the day when we will see Jesus face to face, and he says this, the nature of this glory of Christ that they shall see, that we shall see, will be such as will draw and encourage them, for they will not only see infinite majesty and greatness, but infinite grace, condescension, and mildness, and gentleness, and sweetness, all equal to His majesty, so that the sight of Christ's great kingly majesty will be no terror to them, but will only serve the more to heighten their pleasure and surprise." True wisdom is gentle, not weak, gentle. True wisdom is open to reason. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, willing to defer to others if necessary. True wisdom is full of mercy. Blessed are the merciful, Jesus said, desiring not to give them what they deserve, but to extend the mercy that we have shown. That's true wisdom. True wisdom is full of good fruit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And then finally, true wisdom is impartial and insincere. James has already talked about this a bit. It doesn't show favoritism. No hypocrisy, only genuineness and only truth. You see, all of these things combine, and what do they produce? They produce a harvest of righteousness. It's what true wisdom is. It's like Jesus. James never says his name, but I think the point is for us this morning to put on Jesus. To recognize and to reject the wisdom of this world. To strive to live in true wisdom before the face of God. Rejecting the lie that it's all about you, being aware of that lie in your life, in the mundane moments of your life, in traffic, it's not all about you and your agenda. But as we live before the face of God with eternity in view, in our marriages, in our workplaces, in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in the mundane moments of our life, true wisdom looks like Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask for the wisdom of God and the prompting and guidance of the Holy Spirit that as we navigate life, we might put on Jesus. That these things which James proclaims about true wisdom, these things that James proclaims that are so, that, that so embody our Savior, would become increasingly part of our lives. Father, show us the way that we might have a wisdom that works, a wisdom that brings honor and glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen.